0: You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there, I'm happy to have you with me for episode number 28 of Life Repurposed. If you've been following along, you know that in the last few weeks, we have been talking about all things goals and organization. And today I will wrap up that topic with a chat with you about distractibility. Now, if you're somebody who is not easily distracted... Um, You might have some areas where you are. So ironically, I can tune out the noise at a coffee shop to write. But if my husband is home on a day off and I'm working in my office, I am distracted by the little clunks that he makes with his feet on the stools in the kitchen when he has a snack. Seriously, I'm distracted by that, but not by all the noise and the volume of things going on around me and conversations at a coffee shop. So a lot of it has to do with how I focus and what I'm listening to. And I've noticed that at a coffee shop, I know that it's not going to pertain to me so I can tune it out. But at home, I know he might come and knock on the door and ask a question. And so I have a harder time tuning that out. Now, when it comes to getting projects done, I also can easily get distracted. If I'm working on a design project, like I do book cover design and interior design, like typesetting. When I'm doing that, if I'm really into it, I can just go on and on. I can skip sleep. I can, I can go forever on that. But getting started on a project is where I get distracted. So once I get going, I'm great. But it's the getting started. And so, I can sometimes, when I have my own project or even a client project, fritter away my time until I have to rush to get it done because I let myself get distracted. Our attention is a commodity. And that means for me as a freelancer, uh, my attention is money because I can only accomplish as much as I can put into a day that fits in with my habits. So if my habits include getting distracted easily, it's going to take a lot longer to get something done. If it is in relation to your goals, if you can focus long enough, you can reach your goals. So last year, I had a goal of reading a lot of books, and some of them were audiobooks, but this one um, that I'm going to be talking about on and off throughout this episode, I received from Amazon for review, And read the actual hardcover book, which was kind of a fun experience because I don't get that many hardcovers anymore. So this is um, a book by Nir Eyal. I don't know how you say his last name. It is E-Y-A-L. His first name is Nir, N-I-R, but he has a really fun play on words with that. Um, because his website is near and far, so I think that's kind of fun. But anyway, his book is called Indistractable. So as I'm talking to you today, I'm merging some of the ideas that I learned in that book with some of my own observations about how I can get distracted. And I hope that this is something that can help you figure out in your own life what distracts you from finishing. Um, Author Near Al says... I yell, I'm so sorry. I get really caught up on names and pronouncing them right. So I apologize if I have that completely wrong. Anyway, the author would like to propose that it is our motive that determines how easily we are distracted. And this might surprise you. Um, It's our desire to avoid discomfort, he says, that most typically steals our attention. So some of us think that we're motivated by uh, the reward of finishing. And it's not so much. The distraction that comes in the way is because of our desire to avoid discomfort. And I'm going to explain what some of those discomforts are in a minute. But it's usually that that has us say, I'm going to do something that numbs my mind. And those things could include going on the internet and surfing around, using social media, watching TV, scheduling lots of appointments with friends, all kinds of things. Okay, so whatever steals our attention. Okay, so let's look at this in real life. Let's say I always wanted to go back to college and finish a degree. I did finish a degree after having uh, my kids. When they were in junior high, I went back to school online and finished my master's degree. So it took some discipline. It took some focus and attention. Now let's look at my what might distract us from applying for college to finish that ID, uh, that Degree, And let's look at it specifically when we think about avoiding discomfort. So some of the discomforts we might have. Number one, it takes time to apply. Number two, you might have to dig up some documents and transcripts and look for some of the things that you need. Uh, Number three, fear is uncomfortable. Fear of failure. Fear of leaving your current job. Fear of not having enough time. All kinds of fears that come with actually doing the work of completing the degree. Number four, you know it will be hard work to complete the homework. All of these and a million others could be discomforts that come to mind when we think about finishing the degree. So we think, I really want to achieve this goal, but I don't want to because of the discomfort that comes along in the process. So to avoid that discomfort, we do some other things. Here's some examples. Number one, we find other activities that make us look too busy to apply. They aren't even necessarily important things, but if it sounds righteous, then uh, we don't have to apply. Uh, Number two, you turn to procrastination techniques, stalling. Number three, you play games online instead of filling out the application. So you actually clearly have the time to do it, but you don't because of the effort it's going to take to fill it out. Uh, Number four, you decide to research more instead of applying because research again sounds like a righteous thing to do. It sounds good. And so if I just research more, I'm doing something. So what moves us past the distraction to get something done? For me, I have found it's when the discomfort associated with not getting it done actually becomes greater than my reasons for not doing it. So this means that when the deadline is here and I know I will not get paid or I will not be able to turn in an assignment on time. Or the, the time will pass. For example, the early bird discount for applying is going to pass and it's going to be painful to have to pay extra. So sometimes for me, it's just that when the discomfort of not doing it becomes more than the discomfort of doing it, I'm I'm just like, oh, fine, I'll just get it done. So the discomfort of running out of time for me is one of those. Uh, there is an article that I'm going to link to in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 28. That's just my website plus the number of the episode. So michellerayburn.com slash 28. And this one is from the Near and Far website that I talked about. And um, I'm going to use some of the points from that that are also pulled from the book. But um, here, uh, Near talks about some of the discomfort and why that's the thing that keeps us from getting done what we want to get done. And, um, he says the problem with distraction is that it moves us away from what we want to do. So while it's an escape, it's an unhealthy one. His book is Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. I'll be talking about that at the end of this episode. But in the book, Nir says, The truth is we overuse video games, social media, and our cell phones, not just for the pleasure they provide, but because they free us from psychological discomfort. Some of that discomfort includes boredom, loneliness, insecurity, fatigue, and uncertainty, and these are some of the feelings we try to avoid by numbing with something else. The problem is that each time we try to numb those emotions with distraction, it provides a temporary solution, and it eventually actually increases the problem. Have you noticed that procrastination in all its forms, including distraction, is painful because it has consequences? I've noticed that I often want to blame an external source for distracting me, but really we are only as distracted as we allow ourselves to be. So opportunities to pull my attention will come from outside of myself until I infinity. I mean, it's just going to be forever. There will be something that tries to get my attention, but it's my own attention that I have control over. And so it really comes down to changing our habits. So let's consider how life could change when we change how we respond to opportunities for distraction. I call those opportunities, even though they're not good ones, but the opportunity for distraction is always there. I could seize that opportunity or I could seize the opportunity to reach my goals. And so I could take some steps forward. I find it really funny that as I'm talking right now, my hands are moving all over the place. I just talk with my hands. So I know you can't see me, but I have some really cool gestures going on here behind the microphone. Okay, so back to focus here. Oh, that was a distraction. Isn't that amazing? Okay, perfect example. Um, So the question I want to ask is what are your distraction triggers? We all have different ones. One of mine is overwhelm. When I have a lot of items on my to-do list, I really struggle. Um, even when I have a proven track record that I can accomplish an extraordinary number of goals, there is still a moment where the outcome can pivot because uh, overwhelm just comes in there and I think, okay, I I can't, I can't, you know, I self-talk, I can't do that all, even though I know I can. Um, and so it's that disconnect Comfort, the uncomfortable feeling of being overwhelmed causes me to seek out some things that would distract me. And I want to blame those things but it is not those things that are to blame. So when I'm overwhelmed, I wanna make it go away. So I might turn to social media, online shopping, answering emails, researching recipes, even though I don't really love to cook that much, Um, cleaning something because it's satisfying and it doesn't take as much of my brain work as tackling the to-do list, anything that will relieve the uncomfortable feeling of overwhelm. So this might seem like procrastination, It's sort of a cousin of that, but this is really getting at the why of procrastination. I allow myself to put off starting on the list, which compounds the problem and then sucks up valuable time, and then I turn to something that numbs my mind, and all the while there's this nagging feeling that the to-do list is still there. Have you had that feeling where you're doing something else and you just know that you could be using your time in a different way? So one thing that we often try to do to turn ourselves into indistractable people is try to come up with elaborate rewards. For me, I have found that the reward does not actually stop me from procrastinating or from getting distracted. So um, I've set up some elaborate reward systems before for, say, um, diet or health goals And those rewards don't actually stop me from making a a moment decision that I would call a distraction because it's distracting me from the goal of eating healthier. I, I still turn to those in that moment. So it isn't the reward. It's actually, in that case, the discomfort of going through the effort of making something healthier sometimes. Anyway, whatever the habit is, the reward system for me doesn't always work. In fact, it usually doesn't work. So instead, I have to make new habits that take away the opportunity for distraction and make it less accessible. Kind of what James Clear said in um, his book, Atomic Habits, which I talked about in another episode, and I'll make sure I link again here to Atomic Habits. So here's an example of making it less accessible. If social media will keep me from doing my work, which could happen on any given day, I can use tools to make it inconvenient. So some there are some apps out there that can block access to certain websites or apps during certain hours of the day. So if it's really a problem and you just can't set it aside, you can make it impossible for yourself to go on, say, social media or your favorite Um, uh, Facebook or your favorite social media platform. Um, So that's one thing uh, for me turning off my email and notifications. So closing my email and turning off the notifications that pop up on my screen so that I don't know that an email came in. Now, sometimes I have those on and I get so distracted because I'm in the middle of writing on something and I see something pop up and I see a name and I think, oh, that person actually might need something from me right now. And so then I get distracted from my focus on what I was doing and I go check that email. So turning that off, um, it might mean moving your workspace to an area where you don't have access to TV or where people don't have access to you. My office is a dedicated office and it is not used for anything else. There is no TV in my office. There was a time when there was and I would you know, think I could just play the news as background noise talk shows, whatever. No, I I definitely can't now because I'm doing a lot of editing work and I just can't. I can't have music with words or anything like that because it totally, I'm humming along with that and I cannot edit at the same time. So I know that even music is a distraction for me. Um, Sometimes it's taking away the ability to put a million things in the calendar and that means blocking out time in the calendar to do the things that I need to do to accomplish my goals and my work so changing our level of distraction has two actions and this is drawn from neil's book from neer's book but also from my own experience as well and that is number one knowing your triggers and he talks about that in the book indistractable and number two reduce access to whatever distracts you so that sounds really simple right not, (laughs) Uh, but it's it's a process of exploring, like, who am I and what distracts me? So I know one of my triggers is overwhelm. Therefore, I have to be exceptionally careful about distraction when I have a lot on my plate. And every one of us is going to have a different trigger and a different feeling associated with it, a different reason for why you get distracted. So it helps me to be able to plan and know what I'm likely to do when I'm overwhelmed. Um, so I'm also working at learning more about my emotions. Sometimes I can't identify what they are. And so I I don't really know what's my motive. One of my distractions happens to be getting a snack. <laughs> like if I'm supposed to be doing work, I think I I need a snack before I start this. So I'm trying to ask myself. What, what am I feeling in that moment? If I'm not hungry, why do I need the snack? And why do I think that is the thing that will get me launched into my work? It's actually a distraction. So I'm analyzing my own motives and thinking about that too. So have you ever done that? Have you ever stopped to think about why am I taking this step instead of the one that I know I should take? Um, Or maybe you're like me, you aren't sure of your next step, so you head to the pantry to see what's there. Go shopping in the pantry. Whatever it is, I did learn from uh, Nier's book that trying to suppress a negative emotion isn't the way to change it. He cited evidence that it can actually backfire. There is a rebound effect that can make what he calls mental abstinence have the opposite effect if we try to stuff the thoughts or feelings. So it's really important to know your triggers and address how you're feeling because trying to make it go away is actually, uh, you know, especially when it's like food, it, it just makes it worse. So all good thoughts to have in mind. Um, as you think about your goals and how you get distracted from achieving them, if you don't know your triggers, that's the place to start. So you can pause and identify what you're feeling and then begin to make some changes. And for me, that turns into four steps. And that would be pausing when you're about to step into a distraction, identifying the negative emotion, uh, identifying what it is that you need to get done and then removing the ability to carry out the distraction. So in the closing section, I'm gonna be talking about our resources and I will be talking about the book Indistractable. So before we move into that, if these steps help you pause when you're about to step into a distraction, identify the negative emotion, identify what it is you need to get done, and then remove the ability to carry out the distraction. Okay, let's talk about some resources. In the book, Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life, Nir Eyal talks about exactly what it is that causes us to get distracted. And there are a lot of sections in there where he gives some specific examples in different areas of life. So that's going to be different for each of us. I'll be honest with you. I got distracted a lot of times while trying to finish the book, which is probably a good indication I needed it. So sometimes when something hits close to home, I actually try to avoid the pain of having to make change and acknowledge I need to make change. And so it will even take me a long time to read a book that I know has some information that's good for me. Now, I actually wished that he had spent even more time with some practical examples of how to uh, remove distraction. He did more of a broad survey and even talked about how to raise indistractable kids um, and so there are some things where I, I, I wish it actually even went deeper, but it's a really good starting place. Uh, he talks about how this could apply to all sorts of things. And for me, that could be weight loss, health, goals, work, all kinds of things. So he also talks about the emotions behind distraction, which I find helpful. And then looking at what triggers us. And then there are some practical tips for how to manage time and assign tasks in a way that helps to keep us focused. And it also addresses boundaries. So the author gives a link in the book for some resources on the website. And there are some worksheets and a discussion guide. So if you're someone who really likes to go even further with material, I appreciate having that in the book as well. I'd just like to close with reading a little bit from the back cover of the book. It says, what would be possible if you followed through on your best intentions? What could you accomplish if you stayed focused? What if you have the power to become indistractable? The author reveals the hidden psychology driving us to distraction. He describes why solving the problem is not as simple as swearing off our devices. Abstinence is impractical and often makes us want more. A.L. lays the bare secret of finally doing what you say you will do, lays it out, with a four-step research-backed model. Indistractable reveals the key to getting the best out of technology without letting it get the best of us. And then he explains his four steps, which are a little different from mine. So those are in the book if you want a different four-step approach. I will have a link to that book in the show notes so that you can see it on Amazon if you are interested in getting it yourself. Um, There are also some great articles online. So uh, go out there and look for articles and tips on how to remove distractions if you don't resonate with some of the ones that I've shared here. I think the most important thing to remember is that this isn't about getting rid of technology altogether because it's part of our life. It isn't about getting rid of TV altogether. It isn't about never eating anymore. All of those things are distractions, but they also have a place. So it's learning the balance and figuring out when it's healthy and when it's unhealthy. I hope that you are indistractable in this year 2020 as you tackle your goals and achieve the things that you've always wanted to do. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at MichelleRayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.